Hi everyone, it is Beck here, the founder of Soul Cups, on for another episode of the Sustainable Speaker Series. As you know, it is Australian Fashion Week at the moment, so in honor of Fashion Week, we are joined by Jess and Steph, the founding sisters of the fashion, sustainable, vegan footwear brand, Tubes. I'm super excited because if any of you follow the story of how the brand started, you know that Jess and Steph aren't just Tubes, but they're also how to live. That's what made them so incredibly famous and popular in the fashion industry. So lots to talk about, lots of controversial questions today. I'm super excited. It's a big conversation to be having. So I can see they are waiting and ready. So let's get them into this crack on. Should pop up any second. Are we working? No? Hold on. Hello. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Hello. 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 So good to see you and to finally get a chance to chat. Yeah, you too. Happy to be here. Can you hear us probably? Just making sure. Perfection. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, very, very excited. We're big fans of your brand, actually. I was just telling Steph that they we sell your stuff at the yoga studio I work at as well. Which one is that? yoga oh beautiful <laughs> there you go i oh, love the that. podcast is here hello hey whinges <laughs> and just just before we even start if anyone does pop on and ask questions we can pause at any time and address anything and say hello to anyone don't be shy um it's fully interactive which is so much more fun um awesome but I have so many questions. So before we sort of get, you know, into the nitty gritty, give us or our audience or anyone that might watch this back a little bit later, a bit of a rundown, talk to us about the brand, talk to us about your story and how you got to where you are. And then I'll, I'll dive in with, with all the fun stuff after. Awesome. Sure. Awesome. Well, so uh, we're sisters. I'm Jess. That's Steph, Steph. <laughs> um, but everyone gets us very confused. Although I do have short hair now, so that's helpful for people as like a <laughs> differentiator. Um, and we've been working together in the fashion industry for about 10 years, um, a little bit over now. And we started out as How to Live, as you mentioned, which was a blog between the two of us and took us on some crazy, crazy rides. But in 2016, we ended up founding Tooths which at the time was a vegan footwear label. And we really had a mission to make footwear comfortable. We were really confused by the idea that in order to look good, women had to be uncomfortable. We ourselves were always rolling our ankles and had blisters and all the rest. Um, and being animal lovers ourselves, we just knew we had to make a vegan footwear label, which I think now in 2022 is pretty done which is great um but at the time in 2016 it was super hard to find vegan footwear that actually looked cool and then a couple of years ago when the pandemic hit and our sales just went to nothing we got time to sit around and reassess and be like all right are we still passionate about this and the answer was no we didn't feel good about what we were contributing to the fashion industry obviously the fashion industry being a top three contributor to carbon emissions and that was when we just decided to do this massive pivot, cancelled our 22-piece collection for that season and go in this environmentally focused direction. So 
we now make, make our chain and we're carbon neutral. We have a recycle program and all the decisions we make now come back to the planet, which being animal lovers already, um, being a vegan chew label just kind of like goes hand in hand for us. Yay. Somebody said they wore their tubes to Melbourne Fashion Festival. Love that. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Georgia. Win. And as they should. Um, <laughs> it's so interesting though. Um, before I even say anything else, like, so we launched Soul in 2016 as well. Uh -huh. and, yeah. So it's, it's quite interesting that you say that because I found that for us at that time, sustainability wasn't a question. Like it wasn't a conversation yet. No one had this like deep passion and internal missions to change the world yet. No one cared enough. And then war on waste happened and it was a conversation suddenly. And I love that you like, you know, similarly with yourselves, you know, you were ahead of the game. You're already having that thought process. You're already solving these problems that are so much bigger than the world understood at that time or cared to understand about. So I think the journey that you've been on, like, you know, obviously intrinsically reflects um, how forward thinking you are. So it's, it's a testament to the two of you to, to be, you know, producing what, what you're doing right now. I think it's very special. Yeah, thank you. Well, we definitely, um, we were definitely forward think thinking in terms of uh, veganism. But to be honest, like, I remember having so many conversations about like, oh, like some people are starting to talk about the environment, but like Steph and I were like, that's just not getting us going. Like, I remember having <laughs> discussions like that, which is so wild now because it's all that gets me going. But just to be totally <laughs> honest about, you know, the first few years that we were in business, we really were about volume. Like, we actually released tubes with this mission to make cool vegan fashion accessible for a lot of people. So that meant that our shoes had to be really cheap. So initially, we were selling them for $59. And now we have a big discussion around price and the way that people value things that they buy and how much care they put into them and how long they'll keep yep. them if they've paid more for them but it is a really interesting journey that we've gone on and one where we've definitely learned a lot and are constantly looking back and been like hmm we were so wrong about all the opinions we had six months ago it's so i i love i love that you're saying all of this because Obviously, it's fashion week right now, and um, we're all having a laugh in the office. You know, the whole team and I were just reflecting on what we're seeing, um, you know, the, all the influencers who are out there getting dressed and posting and, you know, what's going on in that world. And I hate fashion week for two reasons. Um, it promotes fast fashion. And every single influencer walks around with a single-use takeaway cup and I want to rip my hair out and it drives me crazy. And Fashion Week is like abundant for that. Um, but I, I would love to hear your thoughts and your opinions and what does the fashion industry mean to you right now? How do you feel about it? What are your opinions? Please be controversial. Please say everything you're thinking. <laughs> you know, this is a safe... Be controversial? Yeah. Never. <laughs> Um, because, you know, we feel the same way. And I think it's really important that you as a brand are saying the stuff that everybody is quietly wanting to sweep under the rug. Yeah, totally. I think that, well, personally, we've gone to a lot of fashion weeks and they can be a lot of fun. I so I get why people like to go to them um, as is like, an audience member, they're a really fun thing to do. And I'm not surprised that after a lot of lockdowns and doing nothing, everybody's really excited 
to get back out there and go do something fun. Um, they're also like fashion weeks for the emerging designers. We love, and there can be some really like fun and exciting things in fashion. And I think that even a couple of years ago when we were transforming tubes to be environmentally focused, it wasn't what it is now. Like I think we're seeing a lot of transformation happening in the fashion industry and we're seeing a lot of brands who care, a lot of brands doing a lot of good right now. But we're also seeing, particularly from the fast fashion, like sustainable fast fashion, oxymoron, you know, like that just cannot exist. You can't be a fast fashion outlet and be sustainable. And well, just so- I, I think we call, we say though, sorry to cut you off, but okay. we also say that fashion and sustainability is an oxymoron. Um, <laughs> and that kind of goes hand in hand with fashion week because we are seeing a lot of brands promote themselves as sustainable. And I would love to say to them, well, what does that actually mean? A really yeah. big discussion we have at Tubes is this idea that well, it's all well and good. Like, even if we were making shoes out of trees, um, we'd still be cutting down trees. Yeah. And thank you, baby, would, to it. <laughs> and people would still be buying them at a really fast rate, like, probably faster than we were able to replant the trees that we were cutting down or whatever it is, yeah. you know? So I think that, like, fashion the fashion industry as a whole has like a lot to answer to right now and there's so much greenwashing going on but then I think where it's gotten really interesting with fashion week as well is social media is also to blame because when you say you know fashion week goes hand in hand with fast fashion now but that's almost like because people who are going want to post on their Instagrams that they're wearing cool new outfits that are so on trend. And then that's where the fast fashion comes into it. So like, yes, I want to put blame on the fashion industry, but then I also want to put blame on social media and this like hunger for newness that is created within all of us that we can't, even if we have the money to spend on clothes, if we want to buy that many clothes that we have that many new outfits for all of the Instagram posts at fashion week, inevitably it has to be from a fast fashion brand. Yeah, Mm. exactly. And I think you're bringing up such an important conversation, which you've actually, if you look at the comments, there's a few people sort of touching on what I'm about to say, which is the reality is, um, and (laughs) funnily enough, this comes up, I think in almost every single speaker series I've ever done since the beginning of time, it's the same topic, which is us as consumers, we vote with our dollar. And it all comes back to the mindset of the consumer and consumer psychology, which is what you're talking about previously in terms of your business psychology and how you respond to your audiences. And that's it. It's this obsession with content creation and as you've touched on and this obsession with newness, like, the only way to solve and battle this is to take a good hard look at yourself in the mirror and go, I've got enough clothes. How can I repurpose them? How can I rewear the same outfit 50 different ways? Like if you ask me, like I literally have a uniform. Like I've got the same like two outfits and that's it. That's all I wear like 24 seven. And I don't buy new things because I can't be bothered anyway. But that's right. me, right? That's that's me. Like I, I'm a unique person. I don't, you know, I don't really care about that kind of stuff. But I can still make my limited looks really fashionable, really beautiful, really classy, really interesting because I'm invested in my, you know, minimalist 
sort of experience of life. But it, that's what it takes. It takes these conversations and bringing this awareness to the whole concept of like, you've got enough, you don't need more and you don't need to be, you know, thirsty for creating a new photo reel and video every five minutes if you are a fashion influencer. Like there's a better way to do it, I think. But oh, mm, it's an endless yeah, conversation. I think um, I can't scroll back through the comments for some reason, uh, but I saw I Georgia pop up talking about this idea of fashion trends and how trends can it? also be about how you style what's in your wardrobe already. Um, we've actually recorded a podcast episode with Bianca yeah. Whitner, who's our PR and social media manager at Tubes. Um, and I think that's going live on Hey Tubes either next week or the week after. And okay. B sat us down and was telling us about the social media world right now because, like, we're not even that in touch with it anymore. And she was talking about micro trends and nano trends. And oh obviously, God. like, retailers like Shein literally capitalize yes. off of these micro and nano trends and they exploit factory workers. They don't have any visibility over their supply chains and they literally take things that are seen on Instagram today and they produce them within right. a couple of weeks and then you can be wearing them. And that's just problematic for so many reasons, but also because it doesn't give us any time to sit and assess and be like, do we still like this? Is this something that I'm going to have for a while? It's like creating so much like frenzy around quick. Yeah. It's, it's there now. It's, I saw it today. I need it tomorrow mm -hmm. and I'm going to wear it for the next week and then I'm going to throw it away or it's going to fall apart because it wasn't made well. Like that's crazy. And it's really disheartening when you start to look at the stats and see that Shein is actually the fastest growing fashion company in the world. And it's taking over the likes yeah. of even Zara and H&M talk about yeah. sustainability, even if it's in a greenwashing way, even if it's just starting to scratch the surface. Shein's come out and done the total opposite of that. And I think it just goes to show that um, if they're playing into two things. One, price. Price is really important to people. And we really struggle to say no when we see something for cheap because it's playing into our bias psychology. Like, they're getting us on that. And, yes, there's the argument that some people need to spend less on fashion. Some people don't have that much money. But, obviously, there's this creation of this idea that we all need new things and we all need a lot more than we do. Um, and I forgot my other thing, but that was the one point. <laughs> it's all, it's just like, you know, I can't even say it any better. It's, it is exactly that. And the, the conversation that we are having between the two of us is like as brands, as business owners, as the ones who have the power to create things and bring stuff into the world. It's at least if we can be responsible on our side and have that awareness and have these conversations and discussions and share, hopefully we set our own trends and we inspire people. But it's the reality is the smaller the business, the easier it is to be authentically sustainable, the larger the corporation, the much more red tape and difficult and grueling and stressful and costly it is actually to make change. Um, you know, and it's like, what do we do? Because I literally said like 20 minutes ago, I'm like, this is not fashion week. This is fast fashion week. And that's just based on me scrolling through my Instagram, watching some stories of everyone's outfits. And I'm like, this is hideous, like hideous. <laughs> like what, it's all the same look. And you just know that they've bought it from, you know, one of these labels that you've mentioned previously. And 
it's like I have nothing against people um, being inspired and setting trends and expressing themselves in clothes and outfits like it's it's art right like I fully can respect and relate to it but it's just what happened to high fashion what happened to you know craftsmanship what happened to the creativity yeah like the context of what a designer is and an artist is because I have some beautiful friends in the industry very similar to yourselves who so talented like they produce the most amazing pieces I've ever seen in my life and it's like so much love so much thought so much like passion goes into these few intricate details and and then they're not successful because you can buy something that looks kind of maybe like a version of it really shit quality for really really cheap from one of the bigger chains and it's like devastating that that's where our psychology has has left us yeah Yeah. and we've been even ripped off by bigger brands um that we've kind of worked with and then they go on to completely rip us off and it's so hard because it's like that just happens and there's nothing you can do about it in the fashion industry like there's There's no copywriting there's nothing and even like with what Steph's talking about like we've dabbled with the idea of like just calling them out on socials but even that feels really petty and also like I guess dipping into the competitor's mindset which is like not what we want like we're all about collaboration at tubes anything like that's environmentally focused that we discover we always say come to us, ask us about it. We will share it with you. We shed our suppliers with people, all that stuff. And so then to call it out seems really petty, but at the same time, it makes us want to tear our hair out because we're out here trying to do better. The right thing. And then, yeah. yeah. And then to be taken advantage of in that way feels really ick. Yeah. It is, but it is because like, um, you know, the brands Nignata, yeah, um, like I remember they did this huge call out. It was insane. I don't know if you know what I'm referencing, but they were copied by a big brand. And was it they have this... I feel like I've seen them copy them. I'm sure they have anyway, but I think it was another big brand that okay. wasn't a website like that, but it was like an actual clothing brand. Um and they had this exact conversation. They're like, we didn't know what to do. It doesn't feel appropriate. Um, I feel they almost felt guilty because they didn't want to come off as like, you know, the winger or like the bad person or the victim. But what it brought attention to was in education. It was an opportunity to create a platform for educating and conversation around the fact that it's not about us calling the other brand out. It's about we want to show you how authentically hardworking we are and how mm-hmm. much passion time energy love money as a smaller business goes into producing these clothes and then somebody else shits on it excuse my french and produces it in a way that is against our values and our like morals as what we've created so i think it's such a like you're juggling right because like i i get your mentality of like you don't want to be that person because it's such an ick mentality but then what if you use it to create a platform for education and hopefully inspire your consumers to ask better questions and to investigate and to 
consider and reconsider purchasing from a different brand after asking questions because Mm -hmm. the lesson is when it comes to sustainability is you need to have awareness you need to stop being naive you need to open your eyeballs and you need to actually understand what you're doing as a consumer because your dollar counts when you spend money with something you are essentially giving permission for that company to continue doing what they do And the more we take a moment to actually stop, pause, consider, learn, research, ask, inquire, the more empowered you are as a consumer to make a better choice. So from my side of things, I think calling it out in a tasteful way to bring awareness isn't a bad thing. Mm, Yeah. Love that. Also, just to share a juicy story with you guys. Um, So... The founder of one of these companies, like a big company that ripped us off, reminded me of it because we're during fashion week right now. Um, She's kind of like someone that's in the fashion industry and well-known and we would get invited to events for fashion week. And we've even been like invited to very intimate events with like government people and the heads of fashion week and things like that. That Um, makes it sound very Illuminati-esque. It does. (laughs) let's just maybe it is. whatever <laughs> leave it to your imagination maybe we're in the illuminati i'm not saying we are we aren't uh and um we've sat around and like you know we've all talked about what we're doing in the industry and she has sat there and she's talked about how she loves to support small brands and how she's such a champion <sighs> of these and that's through one side of her mouth but everybody sitting there knows that she doesn't just do this to us she rips off everybody and i think we actually told the the yeah, head t- of the fashion did. week about it one time um over just like a couple of drinks yeah i mean most people know that we've only really worked with one great big brand so you can use your imagination there yeah <laughs> just quietly <laughs> that is known yeah. for ripping off other brands uh, like small designers and things like that but i think it's just funny as well because that person then keeps getting invited to things and like these like money is power and like that's the capitalistic world we're living in and these brands and these people keep getting invited into these big things and keep getting big sponsorship deals and all this stuff so it's really frustrating because it's like it's the system we're in that we're kind of we're all sick of it but then we're all participating in a way like even passively in like keeping on lifting them up and keeping them going my question is off the bat of that, you know, off, off the back of that, you talk about the system. It's like if we refine what you're saying and we break it down a little bit, it comes down to one person. So what do we have to do to connect to that human and actually sit them down and go, Do you, are you happy with your job? Do you feel like what you're contributing to the world around you is of value, of ethical standard is it meeting your personal systems of morals like because at the end of the day systems and corporate companies and brands are a compiled grouping of human individuals and it takes a conversation in a boardroom in an office in a meeting room of individual humans to make these decisions and approve this for someone to come into the space and go oh, I saw this small boutique brand did this look, like let's copy that and make it. It's like 
<laughs> yeah, it's interesting what you touch on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I am a firm believer, or, or rather, I want to believe that, like, all people, I believe that I could be a believer. All, all, all people, like, intrinsically are, like, good somewhere inside of them, right? But yes, it's I so, like, it. so, so many, I think so, so, so many people are just in a place where they don't know any other way and they also don't know a way out. So they'll just continue doing what they've done because it's the lesser of two evils, the other evil being unknown and there's nothing scarier from than it. There is nothing scarier for a human being than the unknown. And it's funny because Steph and I definitely fell into that pattern where for probably like two years at Tubes, inside of us, we knew that what we were doing didn't really feel good and like wasn't really sitting well with us. Like, yes, we were creating vegan fashion, but that meant that we were creating shoes out of plastic and... They didn't have anywhere to go other than landfill. And there were all these things that we weren't happy about. But we had partners and those partners wanted newness from us. And we had customers and those customers expected more from us. And we were very much on this hamster wheel and didn't see a way off of it. And I think that that's how most people that aren't really addressing climate right now are reacting because it's like, Yes, I know that what we're doing right now is bad, but I don't know what the other thing is. So I'm just going to look away and pretend like it's not happening and yes. hope that someone yeah. else figures it out. You know, like, oh, yes. there are people in this world smarter than me that are more equipped to deal with these issues than me. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, and, then, and then combine that with the lack of accountability from, as you mentioned before, you know, you've got these influencers who are posting and doing things and showing it off and sponsoring campaigns about it. There's no accountability for anyone on their following to be like, you know, you look nice, but have you considered this? Everyone's like, oh my God, you look amazing, hype, hype, hype. But no one's actually talking about the reality. It's like, I'm that annoying person that comments on like people's photos, like, you know, this is really nice, but why are you holding a single use coffee cup? Like, I know oh, you have I a salt that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> plastic troll. I love it. Yeah, and I, you know, like someone's got to be. But it, it's there's no accountability. So it's exactly it's it's the lack of awareness, the lack of um, responsibility, and the fear of the unknown, and then lack of accountability. So like, what do we do to change that? We have conversations like this. Mm. Well, just to <laughs> and, just to play like a bit of a devil's advocate on it. Like, I mean, I I do like to think that people are good as well. But I think that to access their good is maybe not realistic. Like people aren't in like our lifetimes all just going to suddenly turn around and do the right thing. Hopefully yeah, totally. one day we, as a society we evolve and we get there. So I feel like what does talk is money for people and yeah. opportunity. And I feel like that's where we're kind of at an exciting point, like with the election coming up and with sustainability in general, I feel like we're at a point where we need to convince these people that the opportunity is in the sustainable options, is in, you know, the greener options, the, um, you know, the solar, the, like, all what of this was, stuff. What and did the founder of Atlassian just talk about? Have you seen what's going on with the founder of Atlassian purchasing AGL oh, and shares yeah. of AGL? Yeah, so he had the same thing, oh, what you yeah, just yeah, said. Yeah. 
he like the, literally had the word for word same conversation. He's gone. I'm trying to show humanity that there is a financial benefit to investing in sustainable business. And if you look exactly. at the uh, investor, uh, you know, economy right now, all the people in the world who are have money and investing in businesses and, and in companies, there's a big growth of investors looking specifically at invest in, in sustainable brands. Um, and I think it, it's a very big part of this is that unfortunately the world does revolve around money. And if we can show people that there's profit to be made by also doing something incredible for the, the world around us, I think you're right. I think that's a big part of it. Mm, yeah. Someone here has asked the question, should yeah. um, an industry tax be implemented against brands not pursuing sustainable slash circular um, economy methods? And it's interesting. That's actually yeah. something that we have discussed. And I think a question that was asked of us on a panel that we did for something and, and we discussed how like that concept relies heavily on government and it's like, well, do you trust them to do that? Because if you look at their track record, they are in bed with a lot of the large corporations. So that kind of suggests that it is the small to medium guys that would, or girls, that would lose out on this because ultimately yep. the big companies have shown us that they are the ones that are collaborating with governments and somehow, I don't know how, they figure out how to come out winning despite there being this tax or whatever. So it's like, mm, it sounds like a good idea in theory, but I think in practice we, we might find that it isn't. Mm. And here's the other side of the question that people forget. It's like, I, lo I love when people ask this question, should they be, because it comes up a lot. I've been on like also so many panels where this comes up and my answer is always the same. It's like, it's all relevant to how that tax money then gets repurposed. What's the point? You're going to tax them. What are they going to do with that money? What do you want them to do with that money? Because mm. if it's just coming back in to repay debt for something else or stashed away to be held as credit. What's the point? If you if, or if fund was, coal mines. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's like unless there's a very clear pathway of the money that gets taxed, that gets taken, that that gets spent on um, financing more sustainability. So, yeah. Yeah, but even then how it's not trackable, it's it's like again exactly like you said, who really gets um, you know, impacted is the small to medium businesses. But look, this isn't a political conversation. This is, I mean, it is. But, <laughs> but I hope you're taking your vote very seriously. <laughs> take your votes very seriously. Absolutely. But the reality is that's, it starts in such a, like, to really create impact and to really create change, whether it's in the fashion industry, whether it's in any other industry, in any business, it starts with the consumer and it starts with the brand and their responsibility to produce ethically and sustainably. It has to go hand in hand because you as a brand, as an owner, can work really, really hard to produce everything sustainably and ethically. But if your consumers don't understand what you're doing and don't support you and don't purchase from you, you don't exist. So, yeah, or it, purchase too much and then it's defeating the purpose anyway. Like that's why for us, a really big part of what we do is educating consumers on conscious consumerism because you might want That's 10 it. pairs of shoes, but do you need 10 pairs of shoes? And I think uh, also... Ask me how many shoes I have. <laughs> how many? 
You have three, three pairs. <laughs> really do deal with the uniform over there. Um, so I think also when we talk about like the responsibility being on the consumers, like I put myself in a consumer, I put my consumer hat on because I am also a consumer and, and that feels like a burden that I have to bear. And I don't like that concept. So I think that there's a reframing to be like, if you're a consumer, like the opportunity is there for you to yeah. support things that you believe in. And I think like, that's really important that we reframe it for consumers, that it isn't a burden. It's actually a privilege. Mm. And as individuals, the power, okay? yeah, exactly. As individuals, we feel so not empowered. We feel like everyone else has the power and that we're just along for the ride. And the reality of it is every time you spend your money, you are voting for something. And I think that's that right. that is really cool. I think that's such yeah. a good point. It's very um, we were speaking to um, someone from the Australian Jewish Climate Network a few weeks ago, and she was mm -hmm. talking about how the um, the carbon footprint, like what is your individual carbon footprint, was actually created by like coal mining companies to make individuals feel bad about what their impact on the, the planet and climate change is. And I guess like this kind of go ties into that as well, that like, it's just like, oh, as an individual, you should be doing it, you should be doing it. And I think it's, it's such, like you said, it's a burden and it's the, this weight we carry as individuals because we're like, oh my God, like my, my, what's my carbon footprint and how bad am I doing? And, you know, don't feel guilty if you slip up and you like buy something or if you can't afford and you buy something from somewhere, but just do what you can and do it mindfully. But I think it's where it's frustrating that, we're out here doing everything we can and hustling so hard as individuals. And then it's like, well, the government saying they don't even give a shit about climate change. Like that's so disheartening. And like the big corporations are just pushing forward when they're in reality, the ones that are contributing, you know, most of the percentage of it. Uh, but I think that we are as individuals, like each and every one of us are contributing towards that change. But I think it's, it's good to reframe it as rather than as, as a burden. It's an opportunity. Yeah. And not blame that's exactly ourselves. Right. That's exactly right. And it's the same, again, it's the same chat that we always have. It's like, it doesn't need to be overwhelming. Start with one thing and be the master of that thing in your life. Start with a reusable coffee cup. Start with a pair of shoes. Start with something that's accessible and simple and achievable and inexpensive and um, a joy, a pleasure in your life, an asset to your life. Um, and understand that it, it does come down to your dollar and it does come down to how aware you are and conscious you are as a consumer in the choices you make. And the more we can bring awareness to that, the more we can have these conversations, create these platforms for education, the more we can inspire and empower individuals not to be scared, not to be ashamed, not to feel guilty, but to get excited, to get passionate and to be inspired and to share and to learn and to educate and reframe the thought process on what's happening. I think the bigger the results are and the more you know, achievable change actually can be. Mm, yeah, you're getting nods yeah. over here. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I feel like we can talk forever, but I know that you guys have to run off shortly. Um, but before we sort of knock off, why don't you give us a little bit more of a spiel about your beautiful brand and tell us maybe 
um, you know, something that you're really proud of that, that's launched recently or where we can find you and how we can support you the very best way? Oh, well, I recently did an application um, for us for an award. Don't know if we're going to win it yet. Hopefully we will. So. <laughs> uh, but it made me realize what the most innovative thing that we've done is. So I just want to give them a shout out because it's really cool because um, it kind of asks, what are you the world first in? And we've created these things called thingies and they're things that you can thread onto your shoes. And so you can I'm have... trying to think if we have any here, but I don't think I do. Well, there might be some in this box. You guys are leaning on a tubes box right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> we... Basically, you have your pair of tube sandals and you can thread these thingies that kind of look like scrunchies onto the straps of your shoes and it totally transforms them. So you can have your tubes that you're already like wearing all the time and then you can thread the thingies on and you can wear them to a wedding, uh, which we do all the time. Or just like if you want to look super fashion or if you want to look super cool, it's like a great, I think we love fun fashion. And it's like this constant push and pull within us because we're like environment, fashion, environment, fashion. Like before what you talked about, you know, fashion being a place to create and show individuality. Like I wholeheartedly feel that. I love using fashion for that reason. But I also love the environment and I also am constantly trying to find ways where I can love both at the same time. So thing, so it was annoying for us because for the first like two years of our environmental pivot, we didn't have thingies. And so I was just in plain shoes from Monday to Friday and then on Saturday, Sunday as well. And so now with thingies from Monday to Friday, I wear my everyday shoes, but then Saturday and Sunday, well, my tubes get dressed up in their thingies and then we have a fun time. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And like, we're working on other ways of incorporating thingies and at the moment, like they're made from recycled plastic. So they're made from really good materials as well. And it's just like a really nice little touch that we do. And then the other thing I think that we do that is so fun is Hey Tubes, our podcast. Um, and it's just chats with the two of us and we have different people on. We'll have to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. When we we're having this conversation, I was like, oh, this could have been a Tubes podcast. Totally. <laughs> Can we just like transport this into an audio clip? We can. Um, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to right, you. Yeah. So we, the concept of it is, can we save the planet, but make it fashion? And each week yeah. we answer a different question about fashion and the environment. Like is sustainable fashion only for rich people? Mm -hmm. And will my friends ever care about the environment? And it's the two of us. We phone a friend every app and we have so much fun and we learn, but we have fun. That's what it's about. This is why I created this series is to be a platform for education and inspiration and, and have a laugh and learn from each other. And I'm always interviewing brand owners and, you know, thought leaders and people in the sustainability space who are doing really cool, innovative things because we can all teach each other something. There's no brand, whether it's related or not, that can't learn from each other from an experience. And I think, like you said, collaboration is key in all aspects. And that's how we keep progressing and innovating and you know that's how thingies came about <laughs> i love yeah. the thingies it's speaking my language <laughs> awesome. thingy. yeah it's, it's fantastic so um i love i love the two of you i think i think you're so inspiring and so incredible and, and it's been such an honor to to chat to you and, and i hope we can do it again i hope we can thank chat you love and too. thanks so much for doing this series like i think what you're doing is so important and love that you're out there fighting the good fight
Someone's got to do it. Hate <laughs> single-use plastic trolling people. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you both. And um, we'll chat really soon. And I hope you have a beautiful evening. Thanks. Thanks. You too. You too. Bye. Bye.